so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hello and welcome back to the Marseille View. Uh, I'm Stefan, I'm hosting this evening. It's been a few weeks but um, we're back and hopefully we've got a bit of a more positive pod um, in light of some of the more positive results we've seen recently on the pitch. I'm joined by Ben tonight. You alright, Ben? Yes, good to be back. Um, Happy yeah, times, we, isn't it? We, yeah, well, it's, you know, there was the international break, then yet another one of our games has moved via, via Nice due to COVID. So, um, yeah, we, we had a almost three weeks spell without Marseille, didn't we? Yeah, it does. It feels like a really long time, actually, since we last podcast, but uh, um, I don't know if that's just because we haven't covered all the games recently, but yeah, it feels like ages. Um, we've also got Hadi actually with us tonight, so it's been a few months since you've joined us. Hadi, how are you? I'm fine, I'm fine. Thanks for having me again. Uh, yeah, it's been a few months, uh, but you know, I've always wanted to come back. It's just that we need to find time and sometimes it's uh, it's very hard to find time, but I'm happy to be back. Well, you do have a lot of other commitments, it seems, so you're forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, any any ventures that you you care to share with us that you've been up to recently? Oh, right now uh, I'm just really enjoying the fact of being at uh, you know press conferences of Thierry Henry. So that's really nice, you know, to be able to ask questions to the big legend. Uh, it's it's really really nice, uh, you know, following the the Montreal Impact for sure. So you know, it's it's nice, you know, to see that you know you you can. You can succeed sometimes, you know. It's small victories, but still, it's 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 some some victories that are happening right now, uh, you know, in my in my in my career. So I'm I'm pretty happy. Uh, but yeah, for sure, uh, I still follow Marseille, and my pod uh, is always uh, always up and running. Uh, we do a show a week, and uh, you know, I'm excited right now because you know, if I look at the last t- few titles of of the of the podcast that I host. Um, it's always been very, you know, very bad titles, uh, you know, depression and, uh, you know, we're sadness or whatever. And now at least, you know, we can put a more positive title. So, you know, uh, I'm happy to to be back on, on positive terms, uh, let's say. Well, it's funny you say that because before um, the we, this podcast, last well, before the game was finished against Olympiacos, I was already starting to think of all the negative titles for, for tonight's <laughs> podcast. But it worked out okay in the end. Yeah. Anyway, with with that, I think we'll, we'll we'll get started actually, and we can sort of talk about these positive games recently. So, the plan tonight is to cover the recent wins against Nantes and Olympiacos. Um, but we've also there was I think there was one other game since we last last podcast, and that was the 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 match against Porto in the Champions League. So maybe we'll just say a couple of words about that before we move on to to the non non game. Sorry, you can barely speak tonight. I don't know why. Um, okay, so just 
how long ago it was? It was probably a couple of weeks now, wasn't it, that we faced Porto in the Champions League and we were beaten no, it was again. Last week. Was it? Oh, fucking hell, last week. Yeah, yeah, it's to... just been that many games in a short space of time. <laughs> Yikes. Well, that's probably why it seems like we've not podcasted for a long time. It's just that there's been so many games cramped into such a short time. But yeah, so the Porto game, so we lost that game. Um, it was 2 0, wasn't it? I have to say, I didn't see the game again. This was the second. I missed both the Porto games, unfortunately, because Tuesday nights are proven to be quite difficult for me. Um, but I was lucky to catch last night's game in the end. But yeah, so we lost the game. It was a, it was a home game. Another poor performance, from what I understand, guys. Do you want to tell me what you saw against Porto briefly? Um, yeah, poor, poor performance, a poor result overall. I think. I mean, it, it was it was a bit unknown because we hadn't seen the team for, for almost three weeks. There was an international break. Um, there were, you know, there were stories that Payet had started losing weight and was back on form in training and that the, the, he, you know, the AVB was going to tweak the system a bit again and all of that. And then so I think we started okay-ish for the first 15 minutes, created a couple of chances. And then the minute Porto started, um, started stepping up in midfield and, and pressing us, we just, we just looked like a deer in the headlights again. And, um, it was a, a bit of an improved performance compared to the, the the game away to them a few weeks before that, but it was still it was an improvement, but it still wasn't good enough, and we we just lost deservedly. We we were just conceded goals from. Um, well, the first goal was a, a lucky rebound, but bad marking from a corner, and then the second goal was comedy where Porto had gone down to ten men. We were 11 v 10 for five minutes and then they get a throw-in in our own half and for some reason our defence is nowhere to be found and Belardi is one-on-one and has to bring the striker down in the box with a stupid pullback and we just can see the penalty and lose 2-0. So it was just more of the same crap in the Champions League that game. Yeah, what's even more sad, what's even more sad in that game against Porto is that uh, Vilas Boas did make a few changes to the starting eleven, but I, I don't know why he did the changes. Uh, you know, after you know the the fact that we we ha- we had we were rested for like two or three weeks, we didn't have any games for two or three weeks, so it wasn't really the time to make changes. Uh, he put uh, Luis Enrique uh, on the left wing, uh, Germain up front, uh, Tovin on the right, and Sanson. Uh, it, it didn't really work. And Balerdi as a, as a central defender instead of uh, Duyetchalet Atzar, I didn't really like the fact that he played with the team uh, where we had a very important game and where we we were playing a bit our place in the. Champions League in that game, and we're also playing for our our honor, right? Because if we if we um, the fact that we lost uh, was uh, uh, the fact that we you know we recorded that 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 famous uh, unfortunately series of of defeats uh, fourteen. Now we have the record uh, all time in the Champions League of uh, successive de- de- defeats. So for me, I just didn't understand no, 13, what thirteen. Thirteen. 14, sorry, yeah, 13. thirteen. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> thirteen. Thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. No, you're completely right. Thirteen, uh, thirteen in a row. So, you know what? Uh, for me, I didn't really understand uh, Village Boys' uh, choices, and uh, yeah, that's 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 about it. And as you said, Ben, we started pretty well, and then uh, it's just unfortunately we just lost our feet, and we we didn't know how to respond to that early goal, uh, that that first goal from Porto. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty sad to watch. Okay, um, we saw after the game, didn't we, that Villas-Boas 
again is making some quite uh, how would you say surprising comments I, I guess so I think he was talking about in reference to the p- possibility of finishing third in the group stage aiming for third place and hoping for a Europa League spot and he was quite kind of dismissive of the how would you say of the deservedness the deservedness of, of Marseille to finish third and to stay in Europe which is quite um, it's quite shocking to hear the manager isn't it be quite negative about uh, uh, the I club he, he and the prospects and yeah you clarified last night that he, he and, and when you watch it back I think it's probably the language barrier a bit but his his main point was effectively he disagrees with the formats where the third place team goes into Europa League in his opinion if you're out you're out um, and then it got taken out of context slightly, but yeah, it's interpreted as him not fancying it. Yes, that that is true because you can clearly sense from from his view that I don't think he does fancy us finishing third. And even after his, the win last night and the comments he made after the game, I think he'd rather avoid Europa League. And to be quite frank, myself also, but we'll debate that later. Sorry, I don't disagree with that. Actually, I, I agree with his his thinking. I think it is a silly rule, but I think that as a coach, I don't really think he should be saying that publicly. I think his job is to to manage the team, to motivate the players, and the club employ him to to deliver on the pitch, which includes staying in Europe and earning more money as a result. I don't really think it's his. I don't think it's good. This. It, it, I don't think he should be saying that. I think he needs to keep that to himself, and I, I think it's potentially demotivating to the players as well. And and yeah, I, I, I find that very odd for him to say that. Well, I, I, interesting. I guess Hadi, it'd be interesting to get your point of view on this because you, as you mentioned, you you interviewed Thierry Henry. You you're in the post game, pre game press conferences, and the, the, it's been quite a few, not necessarily dodgy, but but awkward and bizarre press conferences from Villas Burt and it'd be nice to get your views on that. What do you think? I think that, you know, unfortunately some journalists really give and, you know, put some quotes out of context. And unfortunately, because, you know, they need, they need to sell their papers, they need to sell their website or their, their journal or whatever. And sometimes it's nice to, to create some sort of a buzz around whatever the, the, uh, the, the coach has said. In this case, uh, and I, I agree with you that you said that it's some sort of language barrier between Henri Villas Boas and and the journalists uh, when he said he just gave an opinion, a general opinion about the competition altogether. He wasn't really he wasn't really talking about Marseille exactly. But yeah, I'm sure that if I am the 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 uh, the, the, the the person taking care of the communication of uh, uh, Andres Villas Boas, I'm sh- I'm sure that at the end of the the press conference, I'm sure I would have you know. I would have said something to him like, man, why did you do that? You know, it could be interpreted uh, in, in a wrong way. And exactly, it, it did happen. And, you know, yeah, that's, that was, I think, a bit, um, yeah, a bit, a bit uh, I would say, stupid from Andre villas Boas because, you know, you learn in that, in that job uh, by being a, a coach and when you're in front of the press to really be careful about what you say. You don't give too much but you don't give too little either. And you have to find the right balance in your answers. And sometimes it's very difficult because you just came out of the game or you're, you're about to start a very important game and, and you're not really 
some some of the questions are a bit uh, you know uh, you know unbalance you in some way so sometimes you know you just answer uh, you answer too quick and sometimes it's it's the wrong answer and this is what happens for village boys but yeah it is it is a, a, a wrong step unfortunately in a, in the way of communicating in a, in a press conference for sure okay um i think now well, we should probably talk about the game at the weekend in ligan just because Otherwise, we'll run out of time. But we'll come back to the Champions League, obviously, later on. So, at the weekend, we were up against Nantes on Saturday. And this was... I don't know about you guys, but for me, this was quite a different performance for us this season. It seemed a lot more attacking than than any of the other games that were played in the league, let alone the Champions League. We actually seemed like we were more confident, more purposeful in our play. And yeah, just... Probably, I would have, I would say the best game we've played all season. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, exactly. I agree. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think interestingly, you saw, um, and it's just it, there was quite a lot of people taking the piss on social media as usual. But uh, oh, thank God, Sanson is out with uh, with a fever because he would have. If not, we would have, you know, seen Sanson Rangier again in midfield. <laughs> but the fact he was he was out meant that. Um, ABB started Cuisance with Payet for the first time of the, of the season, believe it or not, and it did work. It, it worked because um, Rongier, what, what you have when you have Rongier and Sanson is you have two players who, who seem to be performing a very similar role. And um, with Cuisance moving in between the lines and, and sort of acting as the, as the, the free-moving midfielder, it, it sort of liberated space for Rongier, who, who had one of his best games in a long time for us. Um, and as you say, Steph, I think in terms of the build-up, I mean, we, we were just creating chance after chance, and we got a lo- we got lucky, I think, to get the early goal because without an early goal, maybe maybe the the old you know the sort of the fear and the frustration would have crept in. But it just settled us, and then we we, we were playing free-flowing football, and we we had quite a few chances in the first half. Yeah, I agree. We had we had a lot of chances, and if it wasn't from Alban Lafont at uh, in the goal for Nantes, I think we would have been up by four or five goals at at, at halftime because we really were very very good in that first half, uh, especially. And you know what? I I really want to point out what Ben said about that uh, that uh, first chance, that first goal that came in very early at the second minute. I think that gave some sort of a momentum to the team, but I think that's not the only thing. I think the fact that the players had to talk with the supporters because the supporters start, like were waiting for them uh, after the Porto game uh, you know um, when uh, when they, they 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 went into their bus or when they they sorry when they, they exited the bus or whatever uh, they, they had a talk with the supporters and I feel that the players had forgotten what kind of pressure is is uh, you know what kind of pressure that usually they have to to be under when you work uh, when you when you uh, when you play for Marseille and they completely forgot that and you know the the, the supporters reminded them of that and I think that really raised something some sort of a momentum in that squad right now uh, against Nantes and that's why we start we we saw a very good uh, first half uh, from the team and we saw also a very good uh, uh, tactical system for from Andre Villas Boas right it was a bit more offensive a bit a bit more fluid with the best players at the right positions with the We've talked about you've talked about it here on the pod, and I, I've talked about it on other platforms too. Um, 
we, we thought that Andre Villas-Boas wasn't playing the right starting 11. And in this game, we had the right starting 11 for a game against that. That's something I was going to ask about, actually, was in was the 11. Um, they made, I mean, there wasn't really any major changes other than, as you said, Ben, the Sanson for Cuisance. The Cuisance, who's been a bit kind of up and down, I guess, since he came. He's not really fully settled. But this was certainly one, probably his best game for Marseille, wouldn't you say so? Since he came, he was very creative. The, some of the passes and moves that he was attempting, he was actually pulling them off in that match. And I think, I'm, I'm not going to say he was the difference, but I think it, it surely made a massive difference to our um, ability to play more attacking-minded football. Yeah, in, in the build-up, he, he was just, um, as I said, he, he was liberating spaces for Angers because the Nantes players suddenly had to, the midfield had to drop back a bit, which gave... Rongier a lot more time on the ball than he's had certainly against other opponents because the teams just know how predictable our system is when we play that, that midfield three of Camara, Rongier and Sanson. So uh, he, he, we, you can see he's got talent. You can see that he knows how to, to pass the football. I mean, his assist for Payet's goal, the, the second goal was phenomenal outside of the left boot on the edge of the area. Um, it's kind of ironic that that, that was the way we scored that goal was from a quickly taken throw-in, which is what Porto did to us a few days before that in the Champions League. Um, and he just makes the run deep because he knows he can't be offside from a throw-in. He, he completely outsmarts the defender and he's got loads of time to address the good, good cross. Um, and then he, he sort of he faded out a bit in, in the second half. But yeah, he had a very solid first half. And we... I think he just needs to be consistent now. I think that's been your main complaint, Steph, and I agree, is that you can tell he's got talent, but he's just lacked consistency. And last night, he was dire. So we'll, we'll come on to that in a bit. Yeah, so... How do yeah. You, sorry, I've got a question for you, actually, and it was just really thinking about looking at the goal. So we saw, obviously, Tovan scored that excellent goal. Um, well, I, I think actually we probably don't give enough credit to Rangier for that pass. But um, the second goal from Payet and then from Pippa getting the penalty, Benedetto, sorry. So those are two players I think that probably needed a goal, I would say, so Payet and Benedetto. Do you think that those goals could be the trigger for them to finally get their seasons kind of up and running? Yeah, of course. It's important. You know, the, the, the moral side of thing, the mental side of thing is very important. And, you know, someone like Benedetto, who's been, unfortunately, you know, you know, criticized a lot by the media, by on social media and everything. And you know, in some ways, it was it was just right. He he he's not scoring goals, but there's the whole team behind him that's supposed to feed him. That's not feeding him, and you know, it it really plays into into the fact that he hasn't scored either. Uh, either. But it's very good for their for their for their mental and for their uh, morale. And it's, that's going to be a very good uh, very. It's going to be very important for the future of uh, of Marseille and the future games also don't forget um, uh, Ben said uh, before that uh, we have a, we had a, a pretty hectic schedule in the last week or so and it's going to be exactly the same until the 23rd of December we're playing every three games so uh, it's uh, sorry every three days so you know our our our, uh, our, uh, our schedule is pretty hectic and we're going to need every uh, every ounce of quality that we can have from those two, Payet and Benedetto, it's going to be very important to have them in a good mental space, for sure. Do you think that Payet looks a lot fitter now? Do you think it looks like he has actually lost the weight? I know that we've read that 
Um, he's been on a diet and a sort of strict training regime to get back into shape. Do you think that we're seeing the the fruits of that already, or do you think it's too early to really tell? I, 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 I don't think it's. I don't think it was a weight issue. I think it's just a a match fitness issue, and he's had a, a very stop start season because he started playing three games in a row, then got sent off acrimoniously against Lyon for a. You know, silly, silly foul that could have been a yellow, but we we just know against Lyon it's going to be a red. Um, and it's, I think he's one of those. He's, he's like a diesel car. He needs he needs time to warm up, to get into the rhythm, to you know, to find his feet and his his sharpness. Um, I don't think it's been a physical thing. I think it's just an overall match fitness thing where he's he's not been sharp. Um, and finally, he's he's got a run of games together. And you, you saw last night when he you know he scored that sort of liberated him, and he was starting to to pull off the little the little flicks and the little back heels and stuff that he's famous for. And it's mental as well. I think it's just been a mental block. I don't see a real difference physically. And I never think that he was that overweight. He, he just looked like he was unfit. Yeah, I, I, I want to. Yeah, you're right. He was unfit. I think there was a bit of a weight problem and there's still a, a bit of a weight problem. If you look at the Rabona that he tried uh, at, uh, yesterday against Olympiacos and he tried the Rabona and I, he nearly fell because the weight, his weight was like pulling him down. And, you know, it was very funny, but, you know, it worked. It worked. The Rabona worked. But still, it, it could have been could have been very funny if, if, if it hadn't worked. So I think he's a bit... He needs to he needs to lose a, a bit more weight and he needs to get into match fitness for sure. Uh, so, but but he's on the right track because you know even if and we're going to talk about yesterday, but in the last couple of games uh, he's been he's been he's been good. He hasn't been bad uh, in in those games. He's been very good against Nantes, that's for sure. Okay, I think we'll skip the like by line analysis on this game just so that we can get moving. But maybe if I could. Get what who your tops and flops were of the game against Nantes. So who who performed well and who didn't? Who stood out? Um, the tops I will go Angier uh, and Cuisance. Um, flops. Uh, this is this is probably a chapter that we'll, we'll elaborate on in, the, in when we review the next game. But despite his goal, I I thought Tovin was quite anonymous, um, and I think that. Um, uh, Sakai again. He he just looks like he's uh, he's lost that yard of pace, and it's unfortunate for us that you know he's a good soldier. He fights he fights every game, and you can see mentally he tries to give his all, but he's just for me he's not good enough to be a starter every three days, and he's just in a lucky position where we don't have a backup right back. So those are the two flops for me: is uh, Tovan and Sakai. Yeah, I agree with the choices uh, for the for the for the flops. I don't agree with the tops. Uh, um, yeah, I do agree with the tops, but I want to I want to give a, a you know Cuisance and, and Ranger were very good in that game, but I really want to give a top for for Payet. I think Payet was was pretty good also, and he created a lot of chances. And as I said earlier, if Lafon wasn't here. Uh, I think we would have scored at least two or three more goals uh, in in that game. So uh, you know, Payet was was pretty good in in that game, and I really wanna I wanna make sure that we we say that here on air because it, it's important. I don't know. I'd pick. I'd probably say the tops were Rangier and, and Cuisance as well, and flops. I don't know if I really thought anyone was particularly bad. No, I can't really think of anyone. I think to say Tovan is quite harsh. Um, I thought he was all right in the first half. 
Was there anyone I wasn't happy with? I don't think so, so I'm going to say nobody. Why not? Yeah, nobody. Okay, um, so just finally on this piece, actually, just wanted to get your takeaways from this game. So just to put it in context, after the, the Nantes game, we were sitting in sixth place. We are on 21 points, so we're two points. But although we're six, we're two points behind second place and with two games in hand. So if we win those two games in hand, we will go top of the league over PSG, which is a pretty good position for us to be in. But, you know, being games in hand doesn't always work out how you, you, you hope it's going to. Um, but I, I guess I would just say for me, my takeaway coming out of this match against Nantes is that we're kind of starting to feel like we're on a good run in the league, and we're uh, although not all the performances have been outstanding, particularly at the start of the season, we've been quite worrying and quite um, dry at times, especially in front of goal. But it's kind of all moving into place for me, so I'm, I feel kind of quite confident that although the the opposition, you know, the main challengers are kind of who we would expect them to be. It looks like Leo, Leon, Monaco are sitting above us. In the league, they're going to be the, the clubs that we're going to be fighting with to get into that those Champions League spots. But as much as they those clubs all look like they're on form, we look like we're kind of we're doing what we need to do, to, and we're 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 staying in amongst it. And yeah, I mean, it's not all about performances, is it? It's the results, and I you, I get the feeling that we we just can continue to grind out results as we always do. So that's my takeaway: is that I feel kind of confident in our league position and that we we can have a good season um but yeah what about you guys uh, just a big yeah big takeaway for me is that we we focus on the negative stats which is the 13 defeats in a row in champions league and you know the lack of our expected goals ratio is catastrophic it's very poor but if you look at the stats again we are the only team in europe to have won every single one of our games following a midweek european game We've won every league game before and after playing Champions League. This well, that means that we'll far. probably so, lose next week. <laughs> yeah, probably jinxed it. Well, we're playing Friday against uh, Nîmes, and then we play Monaco after playing Man City next week. So, uh, yeah, I, I still think it's worth worth highlighting that as, as bad as as people are making the press are making it out to be in terms of the atmosphere and the confidence levels. You know, he's got to give AVB and the squad credit that they always bounce back from these embarrassing defeats, and we always get the, the three points in the league after after the Champions League. So, yeah, that's my takeaway: is that we're we're managing our league form and our league performances. Yes, they're not great, but we're getting the points. Yeah, I want to follow the same train of thought uh, that, that that Ben. I, I I was surprised because I didn't know that uh, you know Ben was going to go positive on me, but I'm happy that he did because uh, I really like it. I re- <laughs> I really, really like the happens. fact that. <laughs> Exactly. So that's why that's why I said it. Uh, but what's really nice also, and we tend to forget that even if the play wasn't really nice, if you look at Marseille and the stats again, Marseille has only lost two games in the last 13 league games. Only two games in the last 13 league games. They lost once uh, against Nantes last year and once against Saint-Étienne this year. And all the other games, we either drew or we won. So for me, Marseille is 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 doing um, is doing what they can in in the in the League One. Uh, and for me, it, it's it's very you know it's 
they're getting the results now is it beautiful is it are we seeing you know uh, you know great goals and great play no we're not we saw it against not and we hope that we're going to see it again in the future starting with the game at Nîmes uh, this Friday uh, but you know uh, if you look at the standings we're pretty okay we were four points uh, from from Paris Saint-Germain and who would have thought would be that close at the beginning of the season nobody nobody and for me that's that's pretty good for for Marseille and for the fans yeah absolutely i mean if i i think if i well if i think back to the podcast kind of near the start of the season when we were complaining about oh i remember saying myself that i thought that you know this idea that you you sort of build a, a stable team by building from the back and and maybe that's what we were seeing early in the season was although the the play was very very unattractive um and we weren't really showing much going forward but maybe we were about creating that stability and now with the non game maybe we we've, we've seen the first sort of signs that we can actually start building upon that foundation, so it puts us in good sort of a good stead for a good run in up until Christmas. Let's hope so. But Liga is not the only competition, obviously, that we're in. Um, and as you know, as we've said, the Champions League, we've had a real tough time <laughs> with thirteen games in a row, thirteen defeats in a row. But finally, last night against Olympiacos, we managed to break that curse and we came away with a 2-1 victory. Now, the 2-1 victory is slightly misleading, isn't it? Because it was quite an awful performance from my perspective. I thought we were terrible for most of the game and we won this game largely because of two penalties. What do you guys think? Do you think this is a a good outcome (laughs) or is it just paving paving all the cracks? What what, yeah. What what happened last night? Uh, look, well, you. I think interestingly, we were all um, as expected. He put the same lineup as as he did against Nantes, which I think it's probably the, the fir- only the first or second time this season he's kept a lineup for two games in a row. Um, so the expectations after Saturday's games were pretty, you know, pretty high in terms of. Okay, it's frustrating because we know that we know they're capable of playing some decent football, but they've just not been able to produce that on the European stage. Um, so I think I was I was hopefully hopeful and optimistic that we'd we'd hold our own and we'd we'd actually play a similar game and play the same way we did against Nantes. But in the Champions League, it's a, it's a whole different level, and um, you know we we saw it. We we created two or three chances, didn't score. Um, I think Tovar really frustrated me on, on, on the game last night. I think quite early on he gets a chance to square it to Benedetto on a, on a, on a, after pressing high and getting the ball back pretty high up and he just goes for, for the shot and his shot was awful. Um, and it, it's, you know, you, you sort of look at those chances and you go, we're not going to get 100 chances like that. And then Olympia class get one chance, one goal. Or well, I think they had the header on target five minutes before they scored. But that's that's that is the level of the Champions League is you you, you know you switch off for for twenty seconds and you you will get punished and that yeah it just as well as the system worked against not on Saturday um, it didn't work at all last night and and Cuisance was he, he looked lost at times he was missing passes he was you know he looked like he was uh, he was a bit winded even. But it, it, yeah, it was not the same performance from him last night as it was on Saturday. 
Um, even Payette was was doing okay, but he was he, he was looking a bit nonchalant and wasn't running as much as he did on Saturday, and he didn't have as much space. So yeah, it was a very frustrating performance. I think all of us at half time were thinking, "Fuck's sake, here we go again." You know, one nil down, the usual concede from a, a you know sort of lack of attention, lack of concentration at the back, and you just didn't see a way back in it for us at that point because. Yeah. Do you think and that's just because Olympiacos yeah. were better than Nantes? Or is that oh yeah, the definitely. Difference? There's definitely that, but there's also I think there's also a big mental block for the players of you know the pressure of, of they now know that the Champions League is they've been absolutely dreadful up until now, and it, I think there was a bit of a mental block of you know them them not being confident and not having the same um, the same vista as they did on on Saturday in the league. So. Yeah, I think it's very fortunate. I don't really care. It was two penalties. I wouldn't have cared if it was two own goals. The fact is we've broken the run. We've broken the curse. And yeah, we can now forget about Europe anyway because we're, we're more or less out of it and we can focus on the league. Yeah, true. I agree that it was a mental issue. And I said it also on, on, on my podcast. Uh, you know, For me, I think that the players, when they... When they started the game, when they started the game, they knew they had that record in their head. They knew there were, unfortunately, they beat the record of being of being the uh, uh, the team that has lost most uh, consecutive games in a row. So it was very, you know, uh, you know, it was a, a big a big burden on their shoulders. And uh, and I think that you know it it took some time uh, for for Marseille to really find. Uh, their rhythm, and they, they haven't really found their rhythm, and they were really lucky to have those two penalties, and, you know, we're going to talk about the penalties, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, the penalties, you know, I would have, would not have been shocked if those penalties weren't called, or, like, the second, for the second one, I wouldn't be shocked if, if the penalty was a free kick and not a penalty, like, you know, <laughs> it's just no, pretty... I agree, 100%, yeah. it looked like it was outside the books, I think that was very harsh, that penalty. It's debatable. You're talking about it's the handball. Sorry, you're talking about the handball. No, it was it was handball. Yeah, which penalty you're talking about? You're talking about the second outside the area. You're talking about the second penalty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, 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 he his his legs were outside the area, but his body was leaning backwards. Uh, I, I think he was probably <laughs> on the line. If he's on the line. That means what does that means? It's outside the box, doesn't it? So, hmm. you see, that's what I said. It's debatable, right? So, if it was called outside the box, it, it, we wouldn't have been like shocked or wouldn't have uh, really, you know, raided the, the the referee's house or whatever, you know. So, uh, so yeah, for me, you know, we're pretty lucky, but we needed that. But at least, you know, the team stayed in the game, and it was very easy for for Marseille to really give up. And for the players to really give up uh, under the pressure and crumble under the pressure, and they did it. So at least you know that is uh, that is a, a very good uh, a point right now. And now, and I think that at least Marseille doesn't have that weight on their shoulders anymore. And for me, that's that's very important. And they still have a tiny, tiny little chance to qualify, which I don't think will happen to the Europa League. Uh, I don't think it will happen, but they still have that tiny chance. And just playing that last game for that tiny chance, that's that's something. That's better than just playing for nothing, right? Um, yeah, I guess one thing though we can say about those two penalties though is that they were two very well-taken penalties, weren't they? 
So they were. I thought Pyatt just finished well, was yeah. absolutely superb. <laughs> compared to compared to the one he took in Porto a couple yeah. of weeks ago. <laughs> I didn't see that one gladly. Uh, I haven't even watched the highlights. Yeah, they, you, you did good not to watch the highlights because really, like, he skied it completely and that was, like, awful to watch. Well, there weren't any highlights, yeah. <laughs> there was just, it was just Porto all over, mate. That was all it was, yeah. I should yeah. like I should say like for people listening like it's not I, I, although I keep saying I'm missing these games it's not normal for me to miss Marseille games and even and normally I would try and watch them but like the from what I've heard from everyone about those two Porto games I just I thought I really don't want to watch either of them they sounded absolutely dire yeah it's normal you're not you're not gonna watch you know defeats when your your club is playing and didn't really play because you know we say they're played they, they they played they didn't play they they was just when they were there like uh, like cones in it <laughs> on the field and they weren't really doing anything in that game like it was really appalling uh, really really bad performances uh, for Marseille so it's I'm happy that you haven't watched it at least uh, you didn't have uh, you know uh, two wasted hours of your day for sure do you think that with this game against Olympiacos that part of the reason why we got a victory was because maybe that we've like it doesn't it didn't seem to matter anymore because we know that we're out of Europe pretty much anyway. There's not much really to lose. Or do you think that the performance was really no different? Really, and it's it's really just about the penalties. I I think it is. Yeah, I think that we we were lucky to come away with it. We would have been lucky to come away from it with a draw. To come away with a win is, is extremely fortunate, especially as we've debated the penalty. But yeah, you just, yes, we, we I think it's interesting to see because at half time he, he took uh, Benedetto off. And um, you know, I found that very, very odd because you're thinking, Jesus, I mean, he's, he's basically, you know, singling him out for, for being the, the sole poor performer in that first half, which wasn't the case. Um, but yeah, I can't remember Jamal, your man doing anything, to be honest. No, he didn't do anything else much. But I think it just, again, we, we weren't exactly creating much in terms of, you know, going forward and, and trying to equalise. We, it just looked like the same old, you know, players running at the defence and, and not much movement. So, yeah, I think it, it, we are extremely fortunate to have won the game. And I, I'd go as far as saying we, we're fortunate that we got the penalties and that we, we drew, we equalised. <laughs> Because I don't think we would have done so from from open play. Yeah, I agree that we were fortunate. I completely agree, and that, that was, you know, if you look at it, if you know, if you if you rewatch the game, because I rewatched it right after, um, you know, I had a, the chance to rewatch it, and and if you look at the at the game closely, you realize that the reason why we weren't good. Um, you know, offensively, and I'm going to talk about the midfield a bit later, but offensively, unfortunately, I think that Tovin was really had, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going into my flop already, but, uh, uh, but Tovin had an appalling, uh, appalling first half. And I think you talked a bit earlier, Ben, about uh, that chance where, where Tovin could have given the, the ball to Benedetto and decided to shoot uh, with the left boot, and, and it was a pretty poor shot. But that wasn't the only uh, the only time Tovin could have given an assist to Dario Benedetto. It happened another time also. So for me, Tovin had twice 
the 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 ball the, the the perfect opportunity to give a pass for a goal and twice it didn't happen and if that goal was scored i'm pretty sure that the game was completely different altogether so for me it's more of for me like the the big problem in that first half was Florian Thauvin and I'm really really harsh on him but I think I, we deserve more from a French international on the positive side that midfield um, Rongier Camara is starting to be pretty good Rongier for me has been the better uh, player of the best player of Marseille in the last three games including the Porto game he's been very good the only thing that he lacks is that is that unfortunately he doesn't know how to shoot the ball so I don't know he has to be uh, to have maybe two or three or four or five training sessions in front of the goal you know what just shoot the ball stay for two or three hours and try some shots on the goal because <laughs> you need <laughs> you need to learn how to shoot the ball and I don't understand how he you know he miss he's missing so many chances um, that that's you know it's starting to become a problem. But if you look during the yeah. game, he's been so important in the game in the build up of things. He's been very important, Roger. To be honest, like I actually think his shooting technique is quite good. I just think it never goes in, and I don't know if it's just luck or something. But I actually think he, he pulls off some actually nice strikes. Yeah, it's a paradox because he increasingly. He gets himself into the positions in the box. In the last three games, he finds himself quite a few times on in, either on the edge of the area or in the actual penalty area when there's a cross or something. And, and the times he receives it, he, he just looks like he's surprised to get the ball. And he either scuffed his shot or he, he completely fluffed it. And yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's paradoxical because he, goes, he gets himself into those positions, but he's, he doesn't have the finishing ability. To, to 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 score or take a shot on goal that's going to trouble the keeper. Um, Hadi, I, just to say, like I don't, I feel like the, the one of the examples that you uh, that you gave about Tovan not passing the ball to Benedetto, the one where Tovan's sort of running and he's just kind of um, outside the eighteen yard box, just kind of where, where the D is, and Benedetto comes sort of running behind him and then round his right hand side. Tovan shoot goes to shoot rather than lay the ball off to him. Like that one, I, my initial thoughts were that, yeah, like he he should have passed it because Benedetto was kind of running into a good position. But when I saw the replay, like I actually felt that um, Benedetto's run is quite late, and I actually think that by the time Benedetto starts running into position, Tovan's already and like he's already in. He's already made the move to shoot. So by the time Tovan's sort of leg, he pulls his leg back to hit, start hitting the trigger. Only then Benedetto's kind of coming behind him, and I don't think he would have seen him otherwise. So I actually think, although it looks like because Benedetto was available, he wasn't available at the moment where he makes the decision to shoot. Um, at least that was kind of my sort of my. Um, yeah, view of you it, know what. But. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. But that's the difference between very good players and 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 world class players, right? So if Tovan wants to improve, he has to be able to. He wasn't really shooting the ball yet, so he could have changed 
you know, uh, his mind and give a pass. He's 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 supposed to. He's our star player. He's he's a French international. If he wants to get up front and he wants to have a starting a starting uh, position in the French team, he's gonna need to be better than that. And he's gonna be he's gonna need to be uh, to have that sort of vision uh, to be able to change his mind whenever he sees one of his partners uh, that, that open up. And if you look at that at that at that shot also, why would you take the shot with your left boot? You had to take it with your right boot. And, you know, again, a world-class player should be able to shoot with both his feet. And Tovan, yeah, it's very hard on his right foot. So for me, in that position, a shot with the right foot would have been a goal. And uh, unfortunately, he didn't take that chance. So he should have passed the ball because he's, he knows that he can't shoot with the right foot. You know what? Pass the ball to, to, to one of your colleagues that's in a better position. So that's the difference, as I said before, between a very good player and a world-class player. I mean, I would agree. I would, I would say that Tova, if he was a world-class player, he probably would have been able to anticipate that Benedetto was coming behind him with a run. You know, the, um, the really... Um, top quality players tend to know where their teammates are going to be before they're even there. You know that they, I guess, they've got that kind of understanding. Um, I mean, maybe some of that comes from the training ground, but I think a lot of it just comes from having um, been able to read the game well and been able to understand the moves of the that your teammates are going to make. Um, so yeah, maybe he lacks that. I would agree that he probably should have um, foreseen that that was going to happen. That the support was there, I and mean, they really should be shouting at each other as well. Whether playing, whether or not the guys behind them, they should be communicating. Um, but yeah, I. It's I just thought... frustrating. Um, sorry, just watching them in the build-up. I mean, we're talking about these two chances, but for me, <clears throat> I mean, Benedetto, he, he's making runs not only in behind, but he's actually coming deeper to get the ball and participate in the build-up. <clears throat> and I think it's, I, I. I don't. It looks like it's unconscious, but you get the feeling that nobody wants to pass the ball to him. And in whether it's Payet or Angier or or, or Tovin, I'm not saying Benedetto is you know perfect in every time he comes to to, to get the ball deep or, or makes the run in behind, but he's getting zero service, zero pass. I agree. Not involving him in the build-up, and it's um. That's it's part of the reason why he was subbed is because clearly it looks like we're playing with 10 men. But it's, I think it's very worrying that, that they don't seem like they want to give the ball to him. And um, it's not good for his confidence and it's not good in, in terms of the build-up for the team because we know he's capable of, um, you know, his first touch has often been excellent. He's got a decent range of passing as well. He can contribute to the build-up. And last season he was he was very good at setting up attacks with little flicks and stuff. And it, it, it's quite, I'm very worried that I think the Tourvain's return, despite his goals and assists, has unbalanced the, the, the attack. And it's, put, um, it's, it's putting Benedetto in a position where he's starved from the ball. One thing as well that I would say, actually, I'm just thinking back about what you were saying, Hadi, about Tovan needing to improve his level if he was to ever break into the French national team. Actually, I was thinking about this and I was thinking that I think that's part of the problem. You know, I think over the last few years, Tovan's sort of been on the outskirts of the team, been called up a few times. He never gets any any time on the pitch. And perhaps maybe if, if Deschamps had actually given him some playtime, 
these last few years, we would have seen his confidence develop much further. We would have seen him his game improve much further, playing on the pitch with better players, and we might actually have seen him become a better player. Sometimes it's just that step, you know, um, at a higher level, pushes people on further. And I think maybe he was so close to that, and then it just never really happened for him. And I don't think he's never going to get any better now. He's had his peak. And I think that's it for him. I don't think he ever will break into the national team. I think the age he's at now and the players that are coming up that are younger than him, I think he's probably missed his opportunity. And I would partly blame the um, Deschamps for that, for not really giving him a chance when the, when he was hot. Yeah, you know what? Uh, that's true. You know, it all comes... Uh... It all comes, you know, everything is linked, right? And if Deshaun gave gave him a chance, maybe things would have been different. And you know, you know, we can we can we can debate that for for as long as we want. But right now, you said that he's at his peak. I don't really agree. He's going to be twenty eight in January. He still have like three, four, four years at the very top level. He can still improve, but he needs to want to improve. And right now, I feel that Tovin thinks that he's on the top of the world. He's trying to negotiate a new contract. He's giving out, uh, he's talking about his, like at the beginning of the season, he was talking about his future, saying that, oh, you know, uh, we'll see, we'll see what's going to happen. And he thought he was a big shot. But unfortunately, if you want to get a big contract, you want to be in a big club, you need to make sure that you continue on improving and you always see the the very big players and the great players and even the good players of this game uh, they always found a way of improving of always improving or changing their game or adapting to whatever their 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 body was able to give when they they got older and you see that Tovai hasn't changed much in the last uh, four or five years it's always the same things the same uh, the same way of doing things and you've never seen something new in the game of Florian Tavain. He needs to show that and I think that he needs to improve his passing ability and his vision and that's not very hard. You don't need to have... Um, you know, uh, some sort of uh, uh, physical uh, advantage in order to improve that. You just need to work harder and to learn how to lift your head up and look at your at your at your colleagues. You can look at your at your teammates and find the right space to give us pass. And that's not something that he's doing right now. He's too preoccupied of finding uh, the back of the net. And and for me, that's that's yeah, that's 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 not good for Marseille as a whole. Greed is sort of become well, very one dimensional, uh, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, he, he's he's very decisive. He's very decisive in terms of his statistics, but they're a bit they're really misleading because yeah. I can I can name you quite a few wingers, even in Ligue 1 for smaller clubs, who I think are better wingers and are better better you know contributors to their team performances than Tovai is to Marseille. And I guess look, it's the right time to open the Pandora's box because the reality is. He could be a free agent in a month and he could sign with Milan or whoever else. Um, and I actually, I'm at the stage where I think this squad needs a bit of an overhaul and I wouldn't be sad to see Tovan go, but I, I'm very worried about how maybe we will, we will replace him because we've not been very shrewd on, on the transfer market in recent years. But I'm ready to see him go because I think, as you guys have said, he's reached the limits of what he's going to be able to achieve and contribute to Marseille. And clearly, we need to change things up because there's too many other players that aren't shining 
at the detriment of Tovin shining as an individual. Okay, you've kind of already answered this question, but who were your tops and flops from the Olympiacos game? Uh, I think I, I, I think I answered. For me, it was uh, Rongier and Payet um, for the tops. Uh, Payet because of the the way the way he 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 took those penalties. It's very hard to score two penalties uh, in the same game, and and he did it. And uh, Rongier, uh, like I said, he's been the best player of the team in the last uh, three games. For the flops, uh, I would say uh, Cuisance. Uh, and Tovin, for me, Tovin, he could have done a lot more in this game. I'll agree. I'll just agree briefly. I would give a mention to Alvaro Gonzalez, who I thought had a very solid game as well. And he, he makes a, a game-saving uh, tackle in the 91st minute to block that shot, um, which would have would have gone in the goal. I mean, the guy smashed it. There was no way Mombolda was keeping that out. So, yeah. I'd, I'd add him to the tops, but agree with, with everything Hadi said. Um, for me, I would say the tops were uh, Rongier and Alvaro. Yeah, So I thought Rongier was, had a good game, and Alvaro, as you said, at moments he was pretty solid. Um, for the flops, obviously I'd say Cuisance, you know, he gave the ball away many times. He was often trying to do things that were just too fancy and too um, flashy, you know, little back heels. I, mean, what was, I don't know what it was about this game, but it seemed like we were obsessed with back heels. Um, I don't know, I think. <laughs> especially not just the, that game, but in the last two games. But anyway, Cuisson, sometimes it's just like, oh, just keep it simple. And even when he tries to make a simple pass, sometimes I feel like it looks a bit like erratic. Oh, it looks kind of bobbling. I don't know, he, I think he needs to work on... He's young. He's yeah. young. He's gonna learn. He's young. Sometimes he kind of overhits it, and I don't know. He just I'm, I find his passing a bit uh, sketchy. You know, he's capable of like pulling off, you know, a superb wonder pass, but he also just doesn't do the simple ones as well as he should do. But yeah, I find him quite frustrating. Um, I, I know I keep complaining about him every week in the pod. I'm not like he's, I, I promise he's not like my new bonus heart or anything. Um, but, yeah, he's just as he's just. It's impossible to reach the level of Bunasar, I think, uh, in your opinion, right? But yeah, I just think Cuisance is, um, you know, he's clearly far from the finished article, um, and we're probably not the good, the right club for him to 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 develop, in my opinion. But um, yeah, the other player that I'm going to pick, actually, maybe this seems a bit harsh, but I just think. It's because it's Sakai, and the reason is that I thought Mad is it Kamara, Madi Kamara or Hadi Kamara from Olympiakos was just Madi Madi Kamara. Him and Fortunus, the two of them on that left side were just running right at times, and Sakai was often the one that was kind of well, uh, well he's the right back, so he was often the one that was kind of um, well, struggling with it, and I just thought. Yeah, the uh, maybe not so much about his performance, but then, uh, but rather the the opposition was just giving him a lot of problems. But yeah, for me that was that was an area of the pitch that I thought we were really weak, and probably where we lost the game. To me, well, we did well. We could have lost the game. Sorry, was because of that area we were so vulnerable. So yeah, that's that was mine. Um, yeah, it's um, it's it's scary that our right right wing that. To be fair, and the Garcia Kaitovan was probably the, the only partnership that worked really well in that squad. Is now the weakest point because Tovan is uh, is inconsistent and and 
a bit too much in his head and playing playing his own game, boosting his stats. And Sakai has clearly dropped a level and suddenly we're very vulnerable on the right wing. You're right, Steph. Yeah, so to finish off, guys, we should just do a takeaway. So after three games, so victory in the Champions League, the Olympiacos, we've got one more game in the Champions League, Man City. I think if we if we pick up points and Olympiacos lose, right, we qualify. But I think we're all expecting Olympiacos are more likely to pick up points than us in that final game, given that um, I think top spot's still up for grabs, isn't it, between Man City and Porto? I don't think it's a, de- a definite. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but yeah, so I don't know what your takeaways from this um, victory over Olympiacos. Well, where are we going? Well, there's only one takeaway is that the curse is broken and, and that's it and we move on. And, um, you know, yes, everybody's been, been slating us and we've been rightly ridiculed and deservedly so. But you look at it, the Ren have lost to Krasnodar earlier. They've only got a point. Um, PSG, if they don't win to Man United as they're playing currently, they could crash out into the Europa League also. So um, I think when you reflect back in next year or in a couple of years and people look back on this season, they'll be like, oh yeah, Marseille lost those games. But, you know, we weren't, at least we've got three points on the board and and the curse is broken and hopefully this serves as well for future European campaigns. You might just have to stop you there, Ben. um, The worry if PSG go out of the Champions League, uh, my worry is that they'll win the Europa League. So I'm not sure that's a good thing because I don't think... If they get to the knockout stages of the Champions League, I don't think they'll win it. I don't think so, you know. Unfortunately, I think that uh, right now at, at Paris, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the players are, are are expecting and I really want to, to win that Champions League. And I, I think they don't have the drive to win the Europa League, to be honest. Uh, for them, it's, it's a small trophy. And uh, I, I think that they, they, they're going to give them their, their all to, to, uh, to go through to the Champions League. And right after, I would be very surprised if Paris Saint-Germain wins the, the Europa League in case they don't qualify from the group. So that's, that's my Either opinion. Way, but... yeah. Either way, their squad is quite thin this year. They've lost Cavani, Thiago Silva. They've, they've not necessarily replaced them with the same quality. And... Uh, you can see, you know, they drew to Bordeaux at home on Saturday in the league. Um, maybe Europa League or, or going further. In, the further they go in Europe, the more they're going to get injured and the more tired they'll be. And it could it could help us in, in potentially mounting a title charge. Who knows? Well, that's the uh, thing. I was going to say, uh, let's not talk about PSG, but actually there is something there, isn't there? Um, it may not be us, but there is a possibility if PSG, they don't stabilise their form this year. Could they lose the league again, like they did uh, three years? Is it three years ago to Monaco? Yeah, it's possible. You know, everything is possible right now. But you know, I think we need to worry about us right now as a Marseille, as a, as a, as the team, as a team, as Marseille, because we're not really playing well. Uh, we had one good game. We had two positive results, and we're talking about the title again. So that's that's. Uh, <laughs> And you not know, us. I, I said someone might. Maybe not us. Not necessarily Marseille. Well, but, no, but it's because we've got two games in hand. I think that's why people are getting, you know, allowing themselves to dream. But True. yeah, I mean, the reality is, we've there's 15 points in in Ligue 1 to get between now and Christmas. We're playing Nîmes, uh, Monaco, Rennes, Reims, and then Angers. I would like to think we will we will get 12 out of those 15 points. 
I would, I, I would imagine that is that is not beyond the, you know the, the possibilities because of how solid we are when we're away and how we've managed to grind out three points after three points against the smaller teams. And yes, the Monaco game is the one that worries me the most because Monaco probably the informed team in the league since they lost to Lyon about a month ago. But Rennes-Adaya, I've just seen a stat, they only ran 70 kilometres between them as a whole team. And I think that's the lowest ever for, for, for the Champions League in terms of um, you know, uh, team distance Team distance run by a team, so Rennes are clearly having a wobble at the minute, and I think we could we could beat them. But Monaco is the only game out of those five where I look at it and go, mm, might not get the three points. Um, you know, I, I don't think we got your takeaway. Sorry from the, the after the game, um, we, oh. kinda, we got distracted by PSG's um, oh, no misfortunes. Worries. No worries. But... <laughs> yeah, but you know, I agree with what Ben said. You know, we stopped the series, uh, the bad series of, of of defeats. So that's very important. The other thing that's important is that. We still have at the last game, we still have something to play for. And that's pretty good for uh, the morale of the team, for the mental of the team. And and it, it, it can give us a drive. And, you know, Marseille has done it quite a few times within the years, uh, you know, uh, win a very important game. The, the, the players are usually used... To, to create miracles, right? And we've seen Valbuena at Liverpool. We've seen, uh, you know, the Valbuena again against uh, uh, Borussia Dortmund. So who knows? Maybe we're going to be lucky and we're going to be able to create something at City. I don't believe we will. But at least, you know, having the chance to, 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 to do something at the last game, that's already a win, I think, for the squad. And the last takeaway that we have to take is that you know, we are able to win in the Champions League, to win games. And that's good. We need to just concentrate this year to qualify again next year. We'll have a bit more experience. I hope we'll have a bit more money too in order to uh, to bring out players and to uh, win a bit more. So you know what? That's I think it's positive just because we got that win from Olympiacos. Uh, it's positive for Marseille for the future on uh, uh, short or, or, um, or short on short term for, for the Olymp- Olympique de Marseille. So that's pretty good. And to come back to those uh, few games uh, until the 23rd, um, Ben said that he's a uh, He's a bit uh, worried about the game uh, between Marseille and Monaco. Uh, to be honest, I'm more worried about the game uh, in Angers. Uh, for me, Angers is a very, very strong team. Uh, it's a team that's very well uh, placed tactically. And it's a team that likes to break the legs of giants, of, of, of big clubs in, in, in Ligue 1. And uh, it's a game, you know, on the 23rd of December, just one one game, one day before Christmas, where the players would be maybe a bit more relaxed. And for me, this game really worries me a lot. Um, but of course, the other games against Monaco and against uh, and in Rennes are, are still very important too, for sure. Okay, so I think then we're all agreed that after two two wins that we are going to qualify to the Europa League and win the league then by the sounds of it. So good end to the good end to the the year as well. Coming up, um, fifteen points, brilliant. Yeah, so all good. I think we'll just end it there tonight now. Um, I think that's probably covered everything that we could cover tonight. There's a lot of football there. So yeah, thanks very much, guys. That was that was fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah, again, it's been it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's good to have you back, Hadi, and hopefully ah. we, we get you back on before Christmas. 
For sure, for sure. I'll try my best, of course, uh, to be here. I always love it when I'm here, and uh, I'm very happy to discuss, uh, you know, uh, football, and for sure to discuss, uh, you know, the, the the Olympique Marseille results because you know it's it's my club. It's been my club for 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 as long as I remember. So for me, uh, you know, discuss and, and talk about Marseille is always a pleasure. You bring, you. you bring some much-needed positivity as well, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I try, I try. It's, it was hard at the time, but I try. The only challenge, I think, going up, coming up to Christmas is just, with the, as you said, with the fixtures being so tightly packed, is just trying to find time to podcast in between. is always, always difficult when you're playing every few days because the, the episodes become so quickly out of date. But anyway, um, I think with that note, um, we'll leave it there and we'll, we'll try and get some more content out before the end of the year. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Thank you. Bye.